0: Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, happy Tuesday. Uh, It's a Jackets game day, which is exciting. This is, of course, Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I am Jay Foster. Mm -hmm. Today, I've got a very exciting crossover episode for you. Uh, I sat down with brand new Locked On Panthers host, Armando Velez, and we talked all things Panthers, all things Blue Jackets, and all things to do with the matchup that is happening tonight. So I will get right into it. How are you feeling about how are you feeling about this upcoming series based on Florida's kind of effort so far in the season?
1: Indifferent because they went through two games of the season first with, against a rebuilding Chicago Blackhawks team and then had to deal with some adversity with the schedule, with the situation that happened with the Dallas Stars and then the situation that happened with the Carolina Hurricanes with uh, COVID-19 and their diagnosis. So this is going to be the Florida Panthers' first game on Tuesday night in a week. So they've had a scrimmage in between. They've had a practice, but there's nothing like playing the actual game, getting up to game speed. So right now, I don't know necessarily, I think they'll be ready tomorrow because they have they have Joel Quenville and he's always going to keep his guys ready, but there's nothing like game action. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I think it probably helps that, like, because you didn't have Bobrovsky at the very start of the season, did you? So he only came in for the most recent game. Correct. He was considered
1: him. unfit. He was considered unfit to play, but... With how the NHL is labeling unfit to play in training camp and everything, we don't know necessarily all the details of what happened.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it, like giving him a week of mm-hmm. straight practice is probably only going to be a good thing. Has um, he looked good so far in the season? Do you think? Obviously, it's a really small sample size, but he was pretty pretty bad last season.
1: Yeah. And I just think that comes with signing with a new team. I know he won a Vesna trophy with your Columbus Blue Jackets. And there's also a lot of turnover this past offseason with bringing in a guy like Bill Zito from your Columbus Blue Jackets to the roster. But there is really one or two goals that I would say really were his fault in the last Game There was one where Chicago took the lead where it was on top of the blue line where it, it, he grazed it with his glove and it just went past them. I don't know if you've seen the replay, but, and then there was one on a backhand where Patrick Kane beat Riley Stillman for a backhand. And I think Bob had a opportunity to stop it. But honestly, I want to, I want to judge Bob more in like a bigger sample size than just one game. And but in the even in the scrimmage just this past Saturday, according to the beat reporters, because they didn't live stream it this time around, the back of Chris Drieger outplayed him in the scrimmage, too. So that's a little bit of a raise of an eyebrow right now for Bob. But small sample size, it's not the time to panic. How has the,
0: the team in general looked, do you think? Again, obviously, small sample size. Uh, I watched one of the early Florida games, I think. Um, so how do you think, like, the roster is shaping up? Because obviously there was some significant overhaul and you lost some decent guys, like you lost Vincent Trocheck. but I think you've picked up a couple of guys that can kind of really fill fill some gaps that fly. Yes, uh, one
1: of the pieces that we got from the Vincent Trocheck trade was Itu Lusterainen, who's on the third line, playing as the center, and we got Luke, Lucas Walmark in that deal, too, who wasn't tendered a contract, who's now in Chicago. And honestly, now that Mike Hoffman is gone, there was no chance that the Florida Panthers were going to resign him, even if the cap didn't freeze for this season, just because he was going to demand a lot of money. But I think that gave an opportunity for the Florida Panthers to spread the wealth within their lines. And actually Barkoff and Huberdo are not on different lines right now. Um, Hubie's on the second line while Barkoff is on the first with Carter Verhage, who led the AHL in goals in 2019, and Anthony Duclair, who had a great year last year. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm really happy for Duclair. Actually, I really liked him when he was in Columbus. Obviously, he didn't get on with the coach or anything like that. But when he went to, when he went to um, Ottawa and kind of had a really good season last season, I was just really. It's always good to see guys that you like succeed. And so.
1: you mentioned the coach of Columbus John Tortorella and that leads me to the questions about the whole and I know you've been getting these questions all week it's the it's the elephant in the room let's be real Uh, was it a Dubois issue was it a John Tortorella issue I saw I didn't watch the game live during his against the Tampa Bay Lightning his shift but I did see uh a short video of one of the shifts that he had of he- him just not caring about it. Like, what is your take on the whole thing? I think I have an idea, but I want to hear from the horse's mouth. Um,
0: it's tough because obviously we don't know kind of what's happening. Um, and I've talked about it a little bit on uh, the national show today where kind of, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that Dubois kind of had this passive aggressive temper tantrum on the ice but I also don't really see what else he could have done in terms of kind of getting any leverage over when he gets traded because that's the thing with RFAs is they don't get a say in where they can sign. They don't really get a say in how much. He wasn't eligible for arbitration. So basically his choices were either to sign with Columbus which he did. for however much the GM was going to give him, which he did, or he could sit and not play until... You know, until the GM felt like trading him, so I don't like begrudge him for what he did. But on the other flip side, I do think you know it's it's got to be tough to look at your teammate not doing anything. You know that's what that's what gets me. Is okay, fine. Tortorella's if Tortorella's a dick, then fine. You know, I I think he probably was at least partially the reason for Dubois wanting out. I don't know if he was the whole reason. But at the end of the day, if you don't like your coach, that's fine. But what bothered me was this kind of, he basically kind of just flipped off all of his teammates and left them, you know, they played with 11 forwards for the rest of the game, you know? And he was an 18, 19-minute-a-game player. So that's that's almost 20 minutes that the rest of the centres have to kind of make up. And so that was what bothered me, was the kind of not the lack of respect towards the coach necessarily, but the lack of respect towards... rest of his team and i think that was probably the kind of the end of it was okay we've irreversibly ruined this relationship in the locker room now so we might as well get him out of here
1: yeah and the in-game adjustments that the coaches need to make to realign all the lines while making a statement of if you're going to play like this we're going to bench you
0: Coming up in just a minute, we've got more of my conversation with Armando, but first I've got to tell you about RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, chooses the only brand that his warehouse carries, you know, you've got to wait and then you've got to go back and get him to fit it, uh there's a pandemic on you should be staying home anyway but if you stay home you have a computer you have access to rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business they've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they've got everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil uh even things like new carpet if you can put it on or in any of your cars You can get anything you need in a few easy clicks and best of all it's delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique it's easy to navigate you can quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer and those prices are always reliably low the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you could go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from all local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes and subscribe to Locked On Today
1: wherever you get podcasts. Columbus actually had got this game to overtime and still had a chance to win regardless of his poor effort there and then the very na- two days later they were able to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning and it was it was like a relief of all of that. And it's like, okay, this is over. This is, it's, it's a, it it seems like it's a monkey off the back of the team.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, everyone wants to talk about, you know, we're being professionals here. We can work with Dubois. And Dubois also was like, I want to be a good teammate. I want to be a good player, but you could see a difference in the team and I do think that there must have been you know regardless of how they feel about Dubois how Dubois feels about them you know coach uh, differences or whatever I do think that there must have been some really kind of bad energy or like a really unpleasant atmosphere in the room that suddenly has just oh okay we've got 23 guys in the room now that
1: want to be here and that energy is so important within the locker room like you stated and I've never been to Columbus, Ohio ever. And in the last two off seasons, I actually give a lot of praise to Columbus, what they were able to do the last two postseasons defeating Tampa Bay, sweeping the president's trophy winner. And then what they did in the Stanley cup qualifier last year between Columbus and Toronto. But one issue that has been constant in the last few off seasons was They've been able to build good players, but their issue has been keeping players. Like they lost, as you know, Artemi Panarin's now on the New York Rangers. Sergei Bobrovsky is now with the Florida Panthers, and now Pierre Luc Dubois has been shipped to Winnipeg. Why do you think is the reason why people aren't staying in Columbus, Ohio?
0: it's really hard to, cause again, like you don't know what's going on in the locker room. And a lot of the the blame gets put on the fact that, you know, Oh, it's, it's Columbus. There's nothing there or it's the coach. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who are like, well, of course, they don't want to play in Columbus. It's Columbus have never actually been there. Like I've been lucky enough to, to spend quite a bit of time in Columbus and it's, mm-hmm. it is a great city. Like there is a lot going on. It's, you know, it's not super expensive to live in so you know your cost of living is going to be way lower and you know there's just there's a lot of Columbus has going for it that I feel like people don't really understand until they get there but it's always tough to kind of look at this reputation we have of being able to keep players because if even going all the way back to you know like Rick Nash he wanted to play on a good team he didn't like Columbus was awful absolutely just not even worth the effort, when Rick Nash demanded a trade. It wasn't anything to do with the city or anything. It was he wanted to play on a winning team, which does rub me the wrong way a little bit, but you can kind of yes. understand it. Jeff, after this whole thing, was he thought he was going to spend the rest of his career in Philadelphia with his best friend, and then suddenly they both get shipped off to different conferences. So yeah. that's like a completely different issue. Panarin, again, wanted a bigger stage. He wanted to play in a big city, you know, that's why he went to New York. That's why he signed with Chicago in the first place. Bobrovsky, I do think, was probably a breakdown of... Um, I, I think he struggled with Tortorella. I think there was a lot of bad blood there. So I think we can probably choke that, chalk that one up to kind of irreversible uh, issues with the coaching staff. Duchesne had a city that he wanted to go to. He, he wanted to play in Nashville. That was what he wanted. And now kind of Dubois has said he wanted to play somewhere else and so I think it's it's obviously it's a pattern in terms of you know there's six guys that have publicly wanted out of Columbus but because they've all had such different reasons it's really tough to kind of say oh it's it's a city issue it's a culture issue it's a, a coaching issue so I think it's it is genuinely just kind of bad luck and probably a little bit of like confirmation bias as well. You know, it's the, it's the, the expected thing now is people to be like, oh, well, of course they don't want to stay in Columbus.
1: There's no, what you're saying is there's not an absolute.
0: No. And I think people want to put it all on Tortorella because he is so kind of famously polarizing, but I genuinely don't think Tortorella is the, the end of the reason, which um, I think he probably was involved in like the Ryan Johansson issue. Um, people like to say that he chased Ryan Johansson out of town. I don't know that that was the whole issue. And obviously, um, I think he was probably at least partially involved with Dubois, but I don't think it's fair to put it all on, well, these players don't want to play for Tortorella. Because if you ask, like, probably 60% of the league, if you ask about Tortorella, everyone says, you know, he's a great guy. He's a champion too. You know, exactly. And a lot of, I think a lot of players that played for him would run through a wall for him. You know, he has that, he, get, he gets guys mm-hmm. to commit. Whether, whether I agree with his methods or anything is, is another story. But for whatever reason, you know, most of the guys that play for him, he gets good results. You know, look at what he's done with Colonial mm-hmm. as a whole. We, we were a joke in 2015, and he's turned us into a team that swept the Tampa Bay Lightning two seasons ago. So I think it's, it's really unfair to kind of put it all on Tortorella, but I kind of do see where people are coming from.
1: The winning on the ice in the last two seasons have made me believe more that it's less towards Tortorella. And speaking of, there's a lot of ties between the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets in the last few seasons of the, the Florida Panthers bring in Sergei Bobrovsky last season. And then this past offseason season, they brought the new general manager from the Columbus Blue Jackets, Bill Zito, who worked with Jarmo Kekulainen, for, for a few years before gaining this job with the Florida Panthers. And he brought other familiar faces in Marcus Nutavara and Alex Wenberg. There's a little bit of a joke in South Florida saying that we are Columbus South. And I I, I, I could see why Zito and Quenville want familiar faces with, with Quenville getting Duclair and Hinestroza and the three names that I just named for Zito. Do do you think there are more pieces from Columbus to come to get uh, GM spots elsewhere? Because they did get a third round pick with the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. No, no, it was, excuse me, it was Winnipeg who got the third rounder.
0: Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there is the kind of that familiarity. Um, I will say also in terms of like Bill Zito signing with Florida, I know that he did a lot of the contract negotiation work in Columbus. So I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of, um, I don't know the best way to put this. I wouldn't be surprised if you suddenly find yourself signing a lot more guys for kind of more reasonable deals. Cause I do think one of Columbus's strengths uh, up until the past kind of couple of off seasons has been getting guys to sign to reasonable, reasonable deals. So, so that's, you know, obviously a big plus for Florida, but yeah, I think familiarity obviously is a case of, I think Bill Zito can pick up the phone and be like, Hey, Yamo, will you give me X player for this um, I don't know if that's as much this season because obviously we're playing yes. in the same division. Um, less willingness to trade in division, especially because they're the only division you're going to see. And uh, every, every point, every game is a four-point game, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And like, well, if you tra- if we traded someone today to Florida, for example, then we have to see them mm-hmm. another eight times this season, and I don't think if there's a if there's a player that's worth trading then he's a player that we don't want to face
1: that, if that, that makes actually sense. makes a lot of perfect sense
0: coming up in just a minute we've got the end of my conversation with Armando Valez of Locked On Panthers but first I have got to tell you about Bet Online. the Super Bowl is happening soon I have been told by people who know more about football than me If you wanted to put some money on Tom Brady doing the thing for the ninth time in 10 years or something, then there's only one place that has you covered and there's only one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline and use promo code LOCKEDON. You get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you want to bet on the Super Bowl or if you want to bet on the Blue Jackets winning a game tonight against uh, the Florida Panthers or you want to bet on... How many goals all over Bjorkstrand is gonna score? Then Bet Online is the place for you. Don't sit on the bench anymore, get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want some more wins, then listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going to be picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts.
1: So, I want to get to the I want to get to the newcomers on the Columbus Blue Jackets. I saw that Jack Roslovic got a two-year, $3.8 million extension, while there isn't any talks about an extension with Patrick Laine, at least as of right now, from what I've seen. Number one, do you think they'll be able to keep Patrick Laine? And number two, when, when is he expected to be on the Columbus Blue Jackets roster? Um, that's, it's, it's a weird one with line A. Um, in
0: terms of when he's going to be able to play because he's injured at the minute. Uh, Apparently, it's day-to-day, so they expect that by the time everything else is sorted out, so he has to go through COVID protocols, obviously. Uh, I don't know that he has to do the 14-day quarantine because America's not requiring people from Canada to do that, which is Mm -hmm. bad, but whatever. Uh, So I believe he has to fly down and then give them two negative tests, and then he's good to go. Uh, but he also has to get his visa sorted out because he doesn't have uh, obviously again what Correct. with the Canadian division his visa this season was not like he didn't need it to go to America because he wasn't going to be playing in America so there's you know there's a number of things that kind of need sorting out before um, before we can see him but as far as I can tell we might get him as early as the Chicago game on Saturday I believe is is our first is the first of two games against Chicago. So we could see him as early as then, or we could see him at the start of next week, which would be, which would be pretty good. Um, In terms of long-term deals, I'm hesitant to say anything yet because we don't know how he's going to fit with the team. You know, he could be, he could be really good for us. He could fit in perfectly. You know, obviously he's got quite a good relationship with Kekalainen already. They're both, Finns, they've worked together before um, in World Juniors. So I think Keckleinen is eager to get this guy signed, but I don't necessarily know that he'll gel with the team or if it'll be, you know, a case of everyone's like, oh, him and Torts aren't going to get on at all. So, you know, that could be another another thing. Um, however, he is, I believe, still on RFA at the end of this season. So we do have As much as I disagree with the general practice, we do have a lot of leverage in terms of getting him to resign. So, uh, in terms of how, like on ice performance, obviously it's been a while, so it's hard to gauge what your guys are gonna are gonna do when they get on the ice tomorrow night. Do you think that they will continue kind of the play that they had against Chicago, or like, do you think, how do you think your guys are gonna do after after a week off the ice, and especially like against a pretty inconsistent Columbus team thus far this season.
1: Well, the only concern so far for the Florida Panthers that I've had is the PK, even though it's a small sample size. I told Jack Bushman uh, this from Locked On Blackhawks the other day, and I told the former host of Locked On Panthers, Frank Rikas, just yesterday about how when it's a small sample size through two games, numbers are going to be skewed a certain way. And, Right now it's 2-5, and five, small sample size, but 40% PK, which if you look on NHL.com uh, stats with PK, they're last. But th- this is an opportunity to to improve that department. And I saw the other day that I believe the Col- Columbus Blue Jackets' his power play percentage was like, I believe I saw 9% like a few days a few Yeah, days ago. it's real bad.
0: Um, (laughs) it's going to be a case of like immovable object meets unstoppable force, I think, because your PK might be, might be pretty bad, but our power play is just, I think we've scored one goal on it so far. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just real bad. So it could be, it'll be a chance for you guys to maybe bulk up your PK numbers. Yeah. And I don't mind
1: taking penalties. It's part of the game, but when, sometimes when it's like out of position and and then forcing uh the team to be shorthanded and then not be going out to attack the the guys on the power play and being too crunched up uh near near the slot I I think that's also a reason why because there's times where Sergei Bobrovsky was screened and he doesn't see some of the goals coming and That some of that some of that is positioning, and sometimes it's just, just not just not communicating well on defense too.
0: Yeah, I think probably that's like I'm go I'm going back a bit here, but when I used to pay attention to the Black Hawks, Quenville's power power uh, Quenville's penalty kill was very kind of. Passive, I guess, is the is the best word for it. So it seems like it's kind of transferred to mm-hmm. Florida with him.
1: And again, yeah. there's a lot of new faces there too. So it's gonna take a little bit for guys to get to know like what other people's strengths are and the per- also the personnel to put out there on the PK as well. Yeah, I will say Wemberg was one of our strongest cool. penalty
0: killers for like his entire time in Columbus. He's a phenomenally good penalty killer he's a good defensive forward so if he gets plenty of pk time then that can only be a good thing for for the panthers and i believe nudavara was pretty solid on the penalty kill as well nudavara is
1: right now still not a non-roster is he still yeah unfit he's st- he was still unfit to place but he's i i believe he's going to make the trip to columbus so he might not play game one but he might play he might come back and play game two so he's considered almost ready to come back yeah, he's good. I like Nunez. I was sad to lose
0: um, Nunezvare, less so Wemberg and Murray because I feel like they'd kind of run their course with this team. But Nunezvare, I thought was was a piece that we were really kind of disappointed to to lose. Um, just before we finish up, if you know Blue Jackets fans want to maybe learn a little bit more about the Panthers before. Next game, uh, where can they find you and your show? They could follow
1: the show account at L O underscore F L A Panthers, and they could follow me on Twitter at Mondo Man Twelve, and they could find my work from Panther Parkway there as well. Uh, I think
0: that's all the time we have for today. Uh tomorrow we will break down tonight's game. Uh, and Thursday we will be sitting down with Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets to discuss the trade in a little bit more detail. I don't need to tell you which trade, you all know which one it is by now. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am Jay the Goalie. If you want to follow this podcast, it is LO underscore Blue Jackets. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, we've got a mailbag coming up later this week. You can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com.